Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to the Gaming 13 preview episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you as always by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. The third international break of the season is almost over and we've got the most exciting part of the FPL season to look forward to. From Saturday, there's roughly... There's eight deadlines in roughly 35 days. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a roller coaster. Overall rank and mini league positions will look very different at the turn of the year. Saturday deadline this week, 11am UK time, 90 minutes before Manchester City versus Newcastle kicks off. I should say Manchester City versus Liverpool. Hopefully we get some team news before the deadline with Haaland currently yellow flagged. And the likes of Darwin and Alvarez travelling back from South America this week. In today's episodes, a quick review of how the troops performed in Game Week 12. It's been a while since I did a podcast. Check if there's any new members joining the 59th Minute Club. The watch list will be updated. Stats will be mentioned. Listener questions. And we'll finish with a look at captaincy and potential transfers for Game Week 13. There won't be an episode on Friday as we're travelling to Ireland for a wedding at the weekend. Back to normal next week though with Monday and Friday shows. So make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for those. A quick recap of Gaming 12 went into the international break with a nice big green arrow. 91 points went from 428k to 177k. So hopefully that top 100k by Christmas target will be achieved soon. One free transfer, Madison was injured, so I made the switch to his teammate Hyungman Son. That didn't work out, but it's good to have Son back in the team now. Good to see him scoring goals during international break. So hopefully there's some of those to come over the next couple of game weeks. The points came from Jared Bowen with 8, but he's now injured. And looks like a sale for the weekend. We'll talk about him later. Mohamed Salah was 16. Captained Haaland for 32. So Haaland and Salah ended up getting the same score. Watkins chipped in with 6. And the big star was Shimakas. I locked out because my advice before Game 12 was if you can bench Shimakas for a better option on your bench. I think that was the play. You could even sell Shimakas because he was a rotation risk. Because I had to sell Madison... I couldn't sell Shimakis for a free transfer and I had Bayer and Gusto on my bench who I was never going to start. So sometimes FPL just gives you a nice big slice of luck and Shimakis certainly did that for me in game week 12. Being on the right side of a few lucky 
things this season. I've got Gusto off the bench early in the season as well for 14. So hopefully it's one of those seasons where I'm going to fall on the right side of a lot of those lucky breaks and hopefully that will result in a good rank at the end of the season. There was blanks for goalkeeper Johnston, but he's got good fixtures coming up. Matty Cash and Gabriel blanked as well. Son and Gordon did nothing in midfield. And Julian Alvarez actually got an assist in that crazy game against Chelsea. Nothing on the bench from Turner, Bayer, Gusto or Nakamba. So the bench is very weak. And as is the case every week when I do a podcast, I say there is slight temptation to wildcard this week, especially with Jared Bowen possibly out. Smarty Cash was flagged, but sounds like he's going to be okay. So I'm still weighing it up. I'll talk about it more in the transfer section. Probably 50-50 at the moment on whether I wildcard or not for game week 13. More more 60-40, I think, in terms of not wildcarding. I think I can probably soldier through, maybe just sell Bowen and possibly... I'm looking at Eze, potentially. I think Mbumo is the obvious transfer, but certainly could go Eze this week, Mbumo next week, selling Bowen and maybe Anthony Gordon. And straight away, the team then would be looking much better. But the defence is a bit of an issue. Shimakis is a, is a rotation risk. He's got a bad fixture. Cash, difficult fixtures coming up as well. And I've got no other options on the bench. So there is temptation to make the squad stronger, but we'll talk more about that later in the show. Had a quick look today. No new members joined the 59th Minute Club in Game 12. I think it's been a while since we've had a new member. Notable mentions for Livramento, who quite a few people brought in. He didn't start the game, came on at halftime and only played 45 minutes. Doku, the hero from Game 11, went from hero to zero very quickly. 58 minutes, as did Havertz at Arsenal. Those two were very close to join the club. Andros Townsend has posted back-to-back 60-minute appearances, so should be joining the club soon. And Diaby at Aston Villa managed just 61 minutes. That's the second time this season Diaby's played 61. He's also got a 63 in his locker as well. So another candidate for the club in the near future. As always, keep an eye on those clocks at the weekend. And make sure you tag me if you see someone getting the dreaded substitution. A watch list update ahead of the weekends. Quite a few players removed, first of all. Diaby and Douglas Louise have been removed from Aston Villa because their fixtures are getting more difficult in the near term. I've already got Cash, I've got Watkins. I'm probably looking to reduce the number of Aston Villa players I have rather than increase. So Diaby and Louise are gone from the watches for now. I'm sure they'll be back on it when Villa's fixtures improve again. Matoma is gone because he's injured. Doku has been removed because he is a rotation risk. So Bosley has been kind of reluctantly removed from the watch list. The reason being, I've got Shimakis, I've got Salah. If I was to triple up on Liverpool with that one remaining spot, it's probably more likely to be Darwin Nunes than Sabosley. So Sabosley, there is a good FPL pick in there. Scored some good goals during the international break for Hungary as well. Such a good player. And I'm sure at some point this season, a lot of us will probably flock to him at a good price with you know uh, potential for goals and assists. And he's performing very well in the bonus points as well. On a side note, if you haven't seen the above average FPL podcast this week, they did a special deep dive into the bonus points so far this season. Very much worth checking out if you get a chance. Even if you don't have that much time, just flick through the YouTube, look at the chart for each team. Some very useful information when it comes to bonus points. 
I've also removed Huang from Wolves, having a good season, but I just don't ever really, really see myself going and buying him with the other midfield options at other teams. Quite a few forwards removed as well. Calvert-Lewin, again, I've got Haaland, Alvarez, Watkins. I fancy Darwin Nunes possibly in the near future, so don't really have a spot for a Calvert-Lewin. I've also removed Ferguson. Looked like he was injured after the first Ireland game, but looks like he's okay now. But again, just rotation risk, doesn't get enough minutes. And always those little injury niggles seem to be building up as well. Callum Wilson is injured. He's gone from the watch list. That makes Isak an interesting option. And final player removed is Inketia because Gabriel Jesus is fit. I think he played 90 minutes for Brazil this week. Players added to the watch list, just four. First of all, midfielder James Ward-Prowse. He's been on the watch list a few times this season. He's back on it after an impressive performance in Game Week 12. And again, that above average FPL podcast just reaffirmed how good Ward Price is when it comes to bonus points. Basically, just needs one attack and return, and he's almost guaranteed to get two or three bonus. So, Ward Price still a very good pick that you plug in and you probably leave him there long term, and you're probably going to get rewarded. It's he's never the most exciting pick, which is why he's not in too many teams, but he still remains a very good fantasy asset. Also added Raheem Sterling. He impressed again in game week twelve. I do think Cole Palmer is the must-have Chelsea attacker at a much cheaper price. We're going to have Nkunku back in the fold soon as well to give us another option. But Sterling is having a good season. He's a good price and he's a good option. But I will be going for Palmer first whenever I get a chance. Two strikers added. Dominic Solanke, who's having a very good season as well, was having us look at some of the stats during the international break. I think Solanke's around fourth or fifth now among forwards for non-penalty XG. Good season, six goals, good fixtures, plays 90 minutes every week on penalties. Absolutely ideal pick for this busy festive period. Solanke added to the watch list, as is Isak from Newcastle. Looks like Isak will be back very soon, hopefully as soon as Game Week 13. And with Wilson out, again, looking at those underlying numbers during the international break, whichever Newcastle striker is on the pitch, they post really good numbers. So if Isak's going to play... A good number of starts in a row without Wilson makes him a very attractive FPL pick. So that is the watch list rounded up ahead of Game Week 13. I'll just run through who exactly is on the watch list because I haven't done it for a while. I think it's 24 players in total. Defenders, Trippier, Saliba, Pedro Porro, Mitchell and Gahey from Crystal Palace. And then the three cheapies, Lascelles, Branthwaite and Taylor. Lascelles don't love him as much now because... The latest reports I've seen is that Botman could be back soon. So need to keep an eye on that if you are a Lascelles owner. Especially if you're relying on Lascelles for blank game week 18. You're really hoping that Botman is not back by then. And you can use Lascelles in that game week. But keep an eye on that because if Botman does return, Lascelles will probably drop out of the team. Players I'm keeping an eye on there defensively. Trippier when Newcastle's fixtures improve again in four or five game weeks time. Might end up going back there. Saliba's a player I would really like to own. I think he's up there as one of the best picks for this busy festive period. Not many concerns about minutes. Uh, on the score sheet recently as well and performs well also in the bonus point system. Pedro Porro, I know some people sold him last week because of the other injuries in the Tottenham team. Another player performing well in the BPS system and good potential for attack and returns as well. As we've seen, probably going to take some set pieces in Madison's absence as well. So even though some people are selling Porro, I wouldn't be against buying him soon when Tottenham's fixtures are better. 
Crystal Palace defenders are absolutely fine. And then you've got the cheapies, Branthwaite and Taylor. Midfielders on the watch list, Saka, Martinelli, Phil Foden, Sterling, Ward-Prowse, Mbumo, Kudus, Eze, Brennan Johnson, Palmer and Adingra. So looking at this list, the most interesting to me are Saka. I was planning to get him, I think it was game week 10. Then I was planning to get him game week 12. Still not back in the team yet, but I would like to own him at some point soon. Elsewhere, Cole Palmer, absolute gift from the FPL gods. I think the first chance you get to get him, you probably should go there. Fixtures do improve in about four game weeks' time. I think that's when most people will buy him. But you can certainly go there earlier than that, earlier than that with the with the penalty factor there as well. Elsewhere, if Bowen's going to be out for a while, there's nothing confirmed yet, but it doesn't look good for game week 13. If it's longer term, Kudus could step up to the plate from that West Ham attack. Mbumo's an obvious one. Again, looking at those numbers during international break, Brian Mbumo's underlying numbers are fantastic. Even when you take away the penalties, he's right up there for expected goals and expected assists. I think he might be second overall for expected goal involvement behind Mohamed Salah. So Mbumo, for those of us who don't have him and who have never had him this season, if you've got a Matoma injured, if you've got a Jared Bowen injured, seems like a no-brainer transfer just to bring the Mbumo transfer forward a week most of us were going to buy him in game week 14 anyway you probably just bring him in in game week 13 against arsenal get the transfer done and you can focus on something else next week especially if something else crops up in your team because often we have plans i've heard it so many times i've said it myself i'm going to buy him boom on game week 14 but what happens if you get to game week 14 you've only got one free transfer and you've got an injury to deal with elsewhere, are you then going to take a minus four for Mbumo? Makes it harder to get him. So just get the move done this week, and then you can focus on any issues that crop up then for game week 14 with the free transfer. Eze's very tempting to me for the next three fixtures, three really good ones before they play, I think, Liverpool and City after that. So I'm quite tempted to go Eze this week and give Mbumo one more week because it's Arsenal, and then get Mbumo in for Gordon the following week. So that's something I'm weighing up, if I don't wildcard that is. Brennan Johnson's okay, but I wouldn't be in a rush there. And Palmer, who I mentioned. Forwards on the watch list, Darwin Nunes, Isak, Awanyi, Solanke, and Edward. So I think all of these are good options. Darwin and Isak are probably top-tier options there. Darwin obviously comes with a bit of rotation risk, especially being in South America this week. And, you know, there's just a lot of evidence this season and last season that he, he, he can be in and out of the team. But again, when he's on the pitch, both of these players actually, Darwin and Isak, underlying numbers when they're on their pitch are fantastic as well. And so lots of potential for points there with those two. And then you've got the cheaper options. A one-year at Forest is always an okay option, given his recent form and especially end of last season, start of this season. Just a pretty good striker. Solanke, who I mentioned. And I really like Edward as well. Similar reasons to Eze. Good fixtures next three. So maybe a short-term punt on an Edward, especially now that he's got Elise and Eze back to create chances for him. So there is your watch list ahead of Game Week 13. A few stats that caught my eye now from the Fantasy Football Scout members area from Game Week 12. Defenders, first of all, Shimakis put in 10 crosses and created three chances. For those of us who end up keeping him I might have to play him this week against City which is obviously not ideal but when you've got no other option sometimes you just got to do it and hope for the best at least he is putting in lots of crosses taking corners so there's always a chance he could nick something even if he doesn't keep a clean sheet in terms of chances created as well 
these four players created two chances each in game week 12. Trent, Alexander-Arnold, Pedro Porro, Reese James, who I think there's a question about later, and Kabori at Luton. Kabori, if you already have him, decent option, I think, for this busy period as well. If you ever do have a defender that misses out, and if Kabori comes in, if he's got a half-decent fixture, he's got good underlying attacking numbers this season among defenders. Gabriel at Arsenal and Mikalenko had three goal attempts each. Whereas Saliba had just one, and of course Saliba scores from his one goal attempt, and Gabriel does not. But Gabriel and Saliba, both still good options. Saliba, the more secure one, obviously, but you have to pay a bit more of a premium. And Mikalenko in recent game weeks has been bombing forwards, getting a lot of attacking returns. And Everton's underlying numbers are pretty decent as well for the first 12 games. I think they're ranked around 10th for expected goals conceded. Need to double check that one, but... The numbers are decent, especially for a cheap option like Michalenko. Matty Cash had two shots in the box. Question about him later as well. Midfielder stats, Ward-Prowse created five chances. Saka and Mbimo both created three chances. Thomas Soucek's having a pretty good season. Four shots in the box and gave me 12. Salah and Palmer had three shots in the box each. Salah had three big chances, so he continues to rack up those big chances. And in... On the subject of big chances in Game Week 12, Diaby at Villa and Palmer again at Chelsea had two big chances. Obviously, one of those was a penalty. Solanke, very good numbers against Newcastle. And this is why a lot of people are interested. He got the goals. He had four shots in the box and he also created three chances. And there it is. He's now fourth among forwards for non-penalty XG with 5.42. And on the subject of fixtures, from Game Week 13 to Game Week 20, Bournemouth are top of the scout fixture ticker. Forwards, Edward, six goal attempts, five shots in the box against Everton. Very healthy numbers. Another player having a very good season. And Ollie Watkins had three shots in the box. He had 1.91 XG. If you own him, and if you haven't seen his miss yet, do not watch it because you will be pulling your hair out. He got one goal and he should have had two. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. It has been for five years now. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general. We'll get iTest podcasts every week, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Question time. The first one is from John Yorker. Mbumo or Palmer for the injured Matoma? So mentioned this earlier. I feel like if you're already planning to get Mbumo in game week 14, just bring that move forward, get him in this week, and then you can focus on something else. Next week, his underlying numbers are excellent. Penalties, corners, set pieces, creates chances from open play, gets plenty of shots in the box. Just one of the best picks in the game. Bring him in, regardless of fixture, and he can sit there for at least four or five game weeks. Palmer, great option as well. Fixtures are trickier. If we look at them, it is for Mbumo, Arsenal, Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United. So it's that run of three, Luton, Brighton, Sheffield United, which is very attractive. Chelsea have Newcastle, Manchester United, Brighton, Everton. So it is trickier on paper. Both players are great. Get Bumo in now and then get Palmer in the near future. Chelsea, 
in particular have a really good run of fixtures from game week 17 to 21. So that's when we need to start thinking about Chelsea more. Maybe a Sanchez as a goalkeeper. Some people will take the punt on Rhys James for that run as well. Question from a man talks FPL. Selling Matoma and I can afford Mbumo or Saka. Which of the two would you be prioritising this week? The other could come in next week for Diaby. So if you're going to get both players anyway, it probably comes down to how do you see that game going? If you think Arsenal are going to win it, you probably just buy Saka. If you think Brentford can put up a fight, you probably get Mbumo. So I think overall, in terms of FPL assets, who is the better FPL asset? And when you take the price into it, you take the underlying numbers into it, Mbumo is very much the talisman at Brentford this season. I think he is the better pick than Saka when you consider everything. So Mbumo for me would be the priority. Feels a bit odd to say that, but Saka hasn't been hitting the heights so far and hopefully that does change quickly and we're all flocking to get him again, those of us who don't have him and current owners are awarded. But I just can't look past Mbumo on the season he's having so far this season. Historian FPL asks, is it worth going for rotating 7th and 8th attackers? For example, Eze and Palmer cost the same as Diaby and a 4.5 million bench fodder. Or is this just a headache waiting to happen? I think this stage of the season, if you're ever going to have a strong front 8 instead of a strong front 7... Now's the time to do it. There will be rotation. There'll probably be issues that crop up in terms of injury, given players playing so much in a short space of time, less recovery time, etc. So sometimes I think if you have eight strong attackers for this December period, if one of them gets injured, it doesn't force you into a transfer straight away because you've already got a ready-made replacement on your bench. So I have been looking at a wild card during the international break. Didn't activate it, may not activate it, but the wild card squad I was looking at did have eight strong attackers. For example, in these trickier Chelsea games, Cole Palmer might be my first sub if I wildcarded. And that feels fine. Nice to have a penalty taker coming off your bench if you need them instead of a 4.5 defender. Or a lot of people have an archer or maybe just a 4 million defender as a first sub. So having a strong bench for this period makes sense. So I don't mind the idea of rotating your 7th and 8th players based on fixtures. And then if injuries crop up or suspensions or anything like that, you've got a ready-made replacement. And it may allow you to roll a transfer one of the weeks rather than being forced into one to get 11 players on the pitch. So absolutely fine to rotate. FPL Dan, is Martinelli to Mbumo still an obvious move given the imminent return of Jesus and Odegaard? So yeah, Jesus and Odegaard look to be fit again, which is good news for Martinelli. But when I think about Martinelli, is he in the top five, six, seven FPL midfielders this season? I don't think he is. Is Mbumo in the top five? Yes. So Martinelli to Mbumo, absolutely fine transfer to make. And the big attraction there is it frees up one million that you can use elsewhere in the squad. So yes, that is a move I'd be happy to make. Again, when you think about Martinelli and Mbumo in December, who's going to get more minutes? If there's no fitness issues, it's probably going to be Mbumo because he very rarely, you know, very rarely gets substituted and Martinelli has plenty of competition. Next question is from Dries. Is Alexander Isak a banker now with Wilson injured? And a second question from Dries. Do we need to start offloading Manchester City assets before the game week 18 blank? So Isak, first of all, 
great pick as soon as we know and get confirmation that he's fit. Maybe you wait to see him on the pitch before you buy him. Newcastle fixtures are Chelsea, Man U, Everton and Tottenham. So next four on paper, not great for Newcastle and Isak, but then they've got three very nice fixtures. And if Wilson's still out at that point, I think Isak will be very popular. So I wouldn't say he's a banker just yet. I'd like to see him on the pitch. I'd like to see him prove his fitness. You know, we've seen it with Stupinen, for example. Players come back, sometimes come back too early, and then they're out again. So let's see what happens with Isak before you take the plunge. And the fixtures, I think, allow you, you know, buy yourself a little bit of time there. The question about Manchester City, do we need to sell them before the game of 18 blank? I don't think we need to worry about that too much yet. You certainly don't sell Haaland if you have him. I've got Alvarez. I'm probably going to buy Mbumo as well. Brentford also blank in game week 18. So it is in the back of my mind how do I navigate that period. But when I've still got the wild card, I think it's easier for me just to stick with Alvarez for now. Bring in Mbumo. And if need be, I can use the wild card to navigate that period. If you've already used the wild card, obviously you need to think about it a little bit more carefully. Who are your bench players? Can they come in and cover you if you need to bench players like um, Mbumo and Haaland in Gaming 18? So do keep that in mind because it will creep up quickly and you want to, you want to as best as possible, try and get 11 players on the pitch that week. Das Noonan asks, Is Ferguson injured? Came off for Ireland with an iced hamstring, but the yellow flag's been removed. Brought him in before the international break and would ideally like to avoid hitting him out this week with both Bowen and Matoma flagged. So good news, Das. Ferguson did go off in the first Ireland game, but he played 25 minutes in a friendly on Tuesday night. So came off the bench, given the fact that it was a friendly, surely he's fine and should be okay for Brighton at the weekend. So you can keep him and focus on your other issues. Question from Tin of Beans FPL. Darwin in a 3-4-3 or max out the best five affordable midfielders in a 3-5-2? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer on this one. I'm in a 3-4-3 and quite happy. Again, every time I look at a wildcard squad, 3-5-2s are very attractive this season because you've got a lot of midfielders. But you've got you've got Solanke's emerging now. You've got Edwards. You've got even players like Awanyi. There's plenty of routes you can go. You could go for one of those guys instead of a cheap midfielder. But again, if I'm building from scratch, and if I'm going for, let's say I'm going for seven strong attackers instead of eight, I probably am going to fall on the side of 3-5-2, probably with Haaland's and probably still Watkins. And Watkins can always become a Darwin at some point. So, yeah, probably just about 3-5-2, but 3-4-3s are perfectly viable at the moment as well. If only we could take away a few defenders and play zero at the back, maybe eight, eight midfielders and three forwards or something like that because defenders are very hard to find these days that actually get points. Question from Kyle. Who's the best cash replacement on a tight budget? For example, can't afford Saliba. So if you can afford Saliba, those who can, he is a very good replacement, probably the best one. I feel like looking at the options, the best cash replacement might be nobody. Maybe you just keep him. You know, he's still top of the defenders for underlying numbers, underlying attacking numbers, although hasn't had much at all in the last four game weeks. His numbers up until game week eight were really good, but it's kind of tailed off now. And obviously the fixtures are not great either. But when it comes to cash, you always feel like, even if there's not going to be clean sheets for Aston Villa, which there haven't been too many, every game he's probably going to get a chance or two. Might be from distance, 
might create an odd chance. I still think he's fine pick regardless of fixture. He's in my team. Going to play him against Tottenham because I've got no one else. So you're just hoping he pops up in the box, and, and he does very often. So he's not. I don't really see him as a weak link, and I'm not in a big rush to sell him like some other people are. If you are going to sell him. And if you can't afford Saliba, Gabriel is probably next best. But obviously there's some slight concern there and people who were burned earlier in the season might never ever go back there. Crystal Palace defenders for the next three game weeks only before they play Liverpool and Manchester City. So Anderson, Gahey and Mitchell probably can't afford Anderson if you can't afford Saliba. So Gahey or Mitchell are absolutely fine. I'd probably go Gahey there. Arsenal, if you're thinking about Saliba or Gabriel, I don't even love the Arsenal fixtures. A lot of people are talking about doubling up on the Arsenal defence. I think because they do have the best expected goals conceded figure so far this season. But when I look at the next six for Arsenal, how many clean sheets do I actually expect? Because they play Brentford's, who are good. Wolves are performing well. Luton's a good fixture. Then they play a high-scoring Aston Villa team. Brighton, who score goals, and then it's Liverpool. So I'm not overly keen on the double Arsenal defence. I think people are doubling up because of the lack of options elsewhere. So you just back the numbers and you hope they pick up more clean sheets in that run than I expect. But I've got Gabriel, and I'm probably not going to double up with Saliba. Question from Luke Walker. Is it time for Rhys James to re-enter our thoughts at 5.3 million and with the fixtures improving soon? James is not for me. I've been burned too many times and it's going to take an awful lot for me to go there. They've got Gusto as an option. De Sassi can play right back. Rhys James, injury history. If you're new to FPL, Rhys James rarely puts three games together without an injury. So we often go there, we get tempted into it. When he's on the pitch, he's obviously great, but... There's enough evidence there for me to be very, very wary of going back there. So, especially when I've got a weak bench that I can't rely on, he won't be coming into my team anytime soon. But ask me that again in three or four weeks' time. If he's still fit, maybe I will have a different answer. Question from FPL Bafana. If if one is planning a wildcard in game week 14, are there any standout candidates for a one-week punt in game week 13? Yeah, so I've been looking at a possible game week 13 wildcard when you look at the fixtures this week, probably does make more sense to go game week 14 because you get some nasty fixtures out of the way for certain players. Darwin against Manchester City is one example. Mbim was against Arsenal if you don't have them. So game week 14 wildcards look good also. If you are taking a one-week punt this week, got to be based on the fixtures. Eze or Edward against Luton. I like Kudus against Burnley if Bowen is out. And Solanke against Sheffield United. So there's three or four one week punt options. Moving on to captaincy, the bus team and transfer thoughts. Captaincy, first of all, a question came in from FPL Alexa. Many years ago, there was a popular saying in FPL, which was always Captain Aguero. Should that now apply to Haaland, even with Salah still in the game? I think you can make a strong case for it. Maybe we should be saying always Captain Haaland, giving the armband every week and don't even think about it. I've kind of been doing that. I think 11 captaincies for Haaland in the first 12 game weeks. The only time I went against him, I captained Salah. 
and Haaland outscored him anyway. I think it was against Manchester United. So I've been very loyal to Haaland with the armbands. He's probably going to get it for me again this week against Liverpool, providing there's no issues with that injury. The City-Liverpool game is the first kickoff on Saturday, so there's a very good chance we'll find out before the deadline if Haaland is starting or not. If we get the green lights, I will be on Captain Haaland in that fixture. The fixtures are a bit of a nightmare this week, so captaincy is not straightforward. And when it's not straightforward, I like the comfort blanket of captaining the best pick in the game. I say the best pick in the game, arguably not because of his price, but in my mind, what I'm trying to say is the player, the best player in my mind, the best forward, the best goal scorer in the Premier League who gets the most big chances, etc, etc. Other options, you could captain Salah against Manchester City. That's fine as well. I think Salah's got a pretty good record against them. Hyungman Son is at home to Aston Villa. That's a decent captaincy option. Jared Bowen was looking like a great captaincy option against Burnley, but that's probably out the window now. And elsewhere, you've got Saka as an option against Brentford. But again, I don't love that fixture, especially given how Arsenal and Saka have been performing recently. So... Captaincy, not straightforward, but for me, it looks like Erling Haaland, as it often is, not overthinking it and just sticking loyal to the Norwegian. The bus team, before any transfers are made, looks like Johnston and goal. A pretty shaky looking defence in terms of fixtures. Cash, Gabriel and Shimakas. Midfield of Salah, Son, Gordon and Bowen. So Bowen possibly a sell. Haaland captain, Alvarez and Ollie Watkins. In terms of transfer thoughts, there's been a lot of thoughts going through my mind over the last 10 days or so during the international break. Only one free transfer available. So wildcards, very much a possibility, but it's probably one of those where I won't be sure on it until Friday. So hasn't been activated yet. So I'll just keep an eye on all the information, all the press conference news and decide what to do Friday. At the moment, probably leaning towards not doing it. Uh, seems like cash is okay now. That was worrying me today, but that flag will probably disappear, I would imagine. So if I did wildcard, the main targets would be probably Saliba. Maybe Gabriel would drop out, just a bit more security with Saliba. Saka, who I don't own, in Bumo, Eze, Palmer and Darwin Nunes. And one of the main attractions to wildcard is to improve the bench option. So get rid of Bayer, Gusto and Marvellous Nakamba. So if I don't wildcard, it's probably Bowen out. And then it's, do I get Mbumo against Arsenal? Or do I follow my guts, which is take a three-week punt on Eze for Crystal Palace's good fixtures? So probably leaning that way, Bowen to Eze. And then the week after, I could stick to the plan of getting Mbumo game week 14 by selling Anthony Gordon. So there's enough cash for those two moves. If Bowen, if it turned out Bowen was going to be okay for the weekend, I'd probably just roll the transfer. Not expect much from this game week. Hopefully, you know, probably going to be a low scoring affair. Don't mind if there's a red arrow this week. You know, I never mind a red arrow if I can roll a transfer. Two frees for game week 14, 15, 16, which is over the space of a week. Something else that is tempting is Gordon to Palmer, but again, if there's a bone issue, I won't be making that move. So it's looking like Bowen to Eze, or if I change my mind, it could be Bowen to Mbumo, just to get that move done, which is taking my own advice from earlier in the podcast. But there is wildcard possibility, so I'll keep you updated. I'm away, I'm travelling to Ireland Friday, going to be out Friday night, going to have the wedding on Saturday. So it's not the ideal time to be playing a wildcard, which is also in the back of my mind as well. So probably, if everything else is okay, I'll probably just sell Bowen if he's out. 
get Eze or Mbumo and then reassess wildcard game week 14 as I do every week. Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Best of luck for the weekends. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Talk to you next week for the Monday and Friday episodes. Podcast Network.